You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Something I've been having a lot of conversations about lately with my clients is confidence. Confidence and feeling like it's something that was reserved for a smaller version of yourself, a younger version of yourself, just a different version of yourself than you are right now. And we see this being promoted all the time on social media too, right? This idea that confidence is equated to weight loss or how you look physically. And it's so harmful for our self-esteem and our ability to feel good as we are in the present. So today we're going to talk about why you're stuck in a low confidence place that has nothing to do with your weight, becoming more accepting of body changes, debunking what you've been told about how much you can change your body, and three tips to navigating a different body so you can build confidence. If you spend any time on social media at all, and I say Instagram because that's the platform that I'm personally on the most, and I see this the most often too, but when you click on a bio of a health person or a fitness person, or when you click on a feed of someone's profile, and the first thing that you see is, you know, the I help statement, and it's kind of like this mission statement of the person, right? It's like, I help women gain confidence back by losing X amount of weight, or I help women gain their confidence. I help women to be the best versions of themselves by losing weight or getting rid of that stubborn belly fat or looking their best or whatever it is. And I don't mean to diminish the work of those people because I don't know the ins and outs of their practice and who's to say what they teach. But from first glance, this kind of correlation with happiness or confidence that it rests in your ability to lose a certain amount of weight or look a certain way or have zero tummy flap or fit in a certain pair of pants, I find it really unfair. And you see it with before and after photos too, where the before version looks super unhappy and grumpy and the after version is glowing and looks to be just thriving. And this association with losing weight brings confidence, gaining weight, you lose that confidence is solidified in part by the fact that if you've ever lost weight, you were probably complimented on it through and through, told oh, you look so amazing, you look so good, you're given so much positive attention that it can't help but boost your confidence, right? You're getting validation from everybody around you, maybe even from random people, maybe even from men, even if you're already in a happy relationship. It just feels good. And I remember that too. I remember getting asked, you know, what I was doing and getting asked about my fitness routine and my eating routine. And it felt amazing. It really did. I had all of this attention that nobody ever gave me before. I felt special and I wanted to bottle that up because it was like I was being seen for the first time. And that made me feel really confident. And I know for my clients it did too. But what happens when you can't maintain those behaviors? What happens when you gain the weight back? The confidence goes out the window because it becomes so dependent on a body size, a shape, a routine, a look, the fact that you're losing weight. It creates this belief that I can only be confident when I lose weight or I can only be confident when I'm X size. All the while you can look at other people who are in diverse bodies who are clearly confident and acknowledge that and say, that's great for them, but I need to be smaller in order to be confident. That couldn't possibly be me. And I find it really frustrating, to be honest, because 
truly you weren't born feeling unconfident about your body, right? You never met a baby or a young child that doesn't have this childlike like confidence of, you know, I'm going to run over and I'm going to do this thing. And even if I fall, it'll be fine, right? They have this innate inborn sense of confidence because they haven't really developed the ability yet to fear what other people think of them or listen to what other people are saying about how they should be. And they don't know anything different. But what happens as we get older is we don't necessarily lose this ability to be innately confident and show up as this person that we are meant to be. We just kind of get talked down to by the media and accounts like this, maybe even our family members or our friends saying, hey, in order to be confident, in order to be happy, you have to do all of these external things in order to look more impressive to everybody else around you. Or this indirectly happens because we only get positive attention or love or feelings of belonging or acceptance when we are at that smaller size. It reinforces that too. It's kind of like the concept of intuitive eating that I cover with all my clients. I always reassure people if they're coming to me and they're like, well, I don't know how to eat intuitively because I've been so far removed with years and years of dieting. It's like, okay, let's pause for a second because you do know how, right? You were born a baby who, when you were hungry, you got a bottle or you breastfed and then you were full and you were able to stop and self-moderate your intake based on what you needed for growth in that period of time. Again, it's not something that you necessarily lose over time, just like your confidence. It's something that just kind of gets pushed down inside of you. You lose touch with it over the years of messages similar to the one about confidence. It makes you doubt your ability to listen to your body and it makes you feel that you can't trust your body. And so instead you have to, you know, use this tracking app or you have to follow this diet or you have to follow this portion size guide in order to be healthy or to look healthier, to feel healthy because you don't know how to do that on your own, which again is not true, but that's the message that we've been told over and over and over again. So in my opinion, kind of coming back to this idea of regaining your confidence or you'll gain confidence through weight loss, it's just really unfortunate because if you think about what this message is subconsciously communicating, it's telling you that you need to place your happiness and your confidence and your sense of self-worth on something that is just naturally ever-changing and fluctuating like the human body. When you place your happiness and your confidence on something that is meant to change and something that naturally fluctuates in and out with each day and over the course of your life, it sets you up for a place of unhappiness and diminished confidence. Because truly and honestly, your body was not meant to be the same throughout every single season of your life. Your body's not meant to weigh the exact same every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year. You're not about, you're not, you're not meant to eat the same amount of food every single day either. You've been lied to if you've been told or led to believe that your body shouldn't change and fluctuate. We go through so many different seasons in our lives and our bodies go through those seasons with us. They change and they adapt to these different seasons that we go through. Like COVID quarantine, for example. I know here in Toronto, we were in quarantine for so, so long. I honestly can't even remember how long it was at this point, but it was on and off for nearly two years. I didn't leave the apartment too much. The gyms were all closed. We were getting more takeout just for some joy in our lives and my body adapted to that 
just like it's adapting to being back in real life and leaving the house and being more active and just living again. Not because anything is forced, it's just a different season. We go through all these different seasons, you know, when we change jobs, when we get a bit older, when we have kids, if we get an injury, there are these short seasons that we go through and these longer seasons that we go through too. And our bodies adapt to all of this. And so if you're relying on external cues to tell you when to eat, what to eat, how much to eat, you're, you're not connected to the internal ones. And you're also placing your happiness and your confidence and your sense of self-worth on something that you do not have full control over. You're again, setting yourself up for unhappiness, for negative thoughts and diminished self-confidence and a lack of self-worth or just feeling like you have no worth because you can't place your happiness and your confidence on something that you do not have full control over. There's this concept that they talk about in the intuitive eating book. They say, accept your genetic blueprint, just as a person with a shoe size of eight would not expect to realistically squeeze into a size six. It's equally uncomfortable to have a similar expectation about body size. Respect your body so that you can feel better about who you are. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you're unrealistic and overly critical of your body shape. And if you've been dieting and restricting and yo-yoing for so long, you might not even really know what your true body size or shape is. You might be larger or smaller than your body wants to be. And I know that's so hard to relinquish that control and trust that your body knows where it wants to be, but I promise it does. When you're eating regularly and eating foods that nourish both your body and your soul, you're eating to feel good inside and out, you're no longer binging, you're not compulsively, emotionally overeating, you're moving your body in a way that feels good and is balanced and has flow and flexibility when you're taking care of yourself and you have self-care routines that make sense for you and your life and your mental health, then your body can do what it wants to do. And I promise you that feels good. That itself in itself just boosts your confidence when you can take care of yourself without the rules or the restrictions or any of that. When you're the boss of your life, that feels damn good. I think this is really, really important because going back to those social media accounts where they're focusing on losing weight or looking a certain way to be confident, they're kind of instilling this idea that health and nutrition, um, you know, it needs to be kind of aggressive, right? The messages that tell you you're lazy and you need to discipline yourself more and you need to try harder and this and that. It's kind of like these messages that you've heard over and over again by these motivational accounts and these motivational posts you know, if you're unhappy, it's your fault. And in a lot of ways, in some areas of your life, I mean, sure, you might have a lot to do with your sense of happiness and your circumstance. But when it comes to health, that's not always the case, right? You were born with a uniquely genetic blueprint. And that is literally unreal. The odds that you were even born with this exact DNA, with the exact character traits, with your exact personality, right? The odds that you, your unique self was born is literally so low, it's unfathomable. And it's really interesting because in this version of health, we're telling people that, you know, you have full control over what you look like and your weight and all these things. But in reality, we don't because we were born entirely unique and so much to do with our health is genetically linked. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, however you want to look at it, we don't have all of the control over it. I'm not saying that in some cases, you know, your food or your exercise can manipulate your body to a certain point. I think that has obviously been proven or in the case of people who need to be on a medically therapeutic diet, of course, that can be helpful and can help mediate some signs and symptoms of a certain disease or condition. But when it really boils down to it, we don't have full control. And I think accounts that talk about 
do this and lose the weight and gain your confidence back, it sets us up for failure because they're making us have this idea in this picture of health that says, if you're unhappy, just change this one thing. But in reality, that's not always going to lead to the endpoint that we want, especially if that version of dieting or health that you're getting yourself down to isn't something that you want or can even maintain for the rest of your life. Then why do it? Why teach it? I mean, to be fair, a long time ago, I used to teach it too, because that's what I wanted for myself. And that's what I was learning from all the other fitness and health people in that diet culture world that I was so deeply entrenched in. But it wasn't even maintainable for me. It was aspirational for me too. But I just thought there was something wrong with me, rather than the fact that I was trying to do things that my body didn't want to do and were ultimately unsustainable. I think that a lot of the times we forget this idea of, you know, health equates weight loss and confidence equals how my body looks. It's not inherently true. There are people who are thin who aren't healthy and there are people who are in larger bodies who are healthy and have totally normal blood values and all their biomarkers for health are within range. And confidence doesn't inherently come from thinness or weight loss and it doesn't go away all of a sudden in larger bodies or with weight gain. We also forget that everything it takes to get to the place with your body and your weight and your weight loss, whatever it is, you have to maintain the habits that got you there in order to keep yourself at that point. A lot of the times the behaviors that you need to engage in to get yourself there are one, not healthy physically, two, not healthy mentally, and three are just not fun at all and maybe not be realistic for you to maintain for the rest of your life. They're not realistic or even healthy. In fact, a lot of the research that's done around dieting estimates that 80 to 95% of all diets fail and those who do maintain whatever weight loss they achieve through dieting usually maintain it for less than two to five years, which in the grand scheme of life and health is a really, really short amount of time. And this leads to the cycle of yo-yo dieting where you move along this range of weight loss and weight gain and often cycle your weight up higher than it was before. And that has actually been shown to be more harmful to your body than just staying at a weight that is more genetically reasonable for you or staying at a weight that we call your happy weight or your set point weight, whatever you, you wanna call it, where you don't engage in overly restrictive or over-exercising behaviors in order to stay in that place. Going back to this idea of the before and after that confidence is reserved for weight loss in a previous version of yourself that was smaller, it can make it so hard to look back at, you know, pictures of your smaller body or even take pictures now in your current body without wanting to resort to dieting and, you know, get back to that place. How can you love you now and the former you, especially when you really liked how the former you looked so much? So I have three tips on how you can kind of navigate these moments in your life where, You may be in a body that feels and looks different than the body that you used to have felt, especially if you're coming into the intuitive eating journey and maybe you're trying to overcome some of the dieting, the restrictive, the weight loss um, focus, and you're being faced with photos of your past self or you're taking photos in the present and comparing them to your old self. I know my clients will also tell me that Facebook memories are really triggering for them or even the memories that pop up on your phone with Apple pictures or with Snapchat if you use that. And so if you're dealing with trying to move past this place in your life, but you're constantly being thrown these curveballs of what you used to look like or what you used to measure your health journey as, I think it's really important to have some tools in your tool belt so that when these moments arise, you can adequately navigate away from them so you don't get sucked back into whatever restrictive or dieting behaviors that got you there in the first place. But just like I said, maintaining the weight loss that you found 
it's limited for a lot of people. And also in order to stay in that place, it may involve you with a lot of negative, restrictive, not very fun behaviors that you don't necessarily want to live with for the rest of your life. And that is totally understandable. So the first thing to do here is to really look deeper than the surface level and not compare your body, compare your mindset. And just like comparing ourselves to other people doesn't work because we have different lives, different bodies, different experiences, different circumstances, different journeys, etc. I think the same is true about our past selves. When you look at those pictures or you look back at your past body, yes, you see that body. But do your best to not just look at that with rose-colored glasses, right? Don't only look at the good on the surface. I know that it's easy to do because it's a picture, it's inherently visual, but we have to look deeper than the picture. Rather than just reminiscing on how you looked, focus on what your mental state was. I know for me, when I look back at old pictures, I see a body that I do sometimes feel envious of, but I also remember how stressed I felt all the time. I was consumed 24-7 by food thoughts. I would miss outings with friends because I was afraid to fall off track. I'd spend so much time planning what I would eat, and even at my thinnest, I would still criticize myself and insist that I needed to lose more. And don't get me wrong, I still have negative thoughts about my body that pop up here and there now. That's normal to have once in a while, but the freedom that I have with food is priceless. I don't binge like I used to. I actually enjoy going out and trying new foods. I'm so much more in tune with my body and what makes me feel good and my own hunger cues. Balance is easy. And when negative thoughts start coming up, I remind myself that I deserve to love my own body as it is right now. And so if you're the person in that photo and you're comparing how you look now versus how you used to look then, and instead of getting wrapped up in, oh, I used to look so much better or, oh, I miss how I look, Think about how you felt in that former photo. Literally put yourself in the shoes of that person, right? Think about what was the quality of your mental health every single day? What did you say to yourself? What did you tell yourself? When you looked in the mirror, what were your behaviors like around food? Could you go out to a restaurant and not feel stressed about having to log every single thing? Could you go out and hang with friends and actually enjoy being there and be fully present in the moment without having to be stressed out about what you did or didn't eat? When you enjoyed a food that you actually loved, were you able to separate that from a moral experience, right? Guilt is not something that you need to be experiencing every single time you eat. So put yourself in the shoes of that person and really remember what it was like to live in that body. Did you actually enjoy your day-to-day life? When you navigated the world in that body, did you enjoy it? Or were you hating life under this expectation that things are going to get better, that you just need to keep going and you're going to reach this place, this pot of gold at the other side of the rainbow? you're going to feel so much more confident. And that's what healthy means, right? So compare your mindset, don't compare your body. And if you're really realizing that, hey, you know, my mindset was really unhealthy back then. But even now that my body feels and looks different, my mindset's getting so much better, even though I don't love the way that my body looks all the time, that is a way more important and impactful determinant of health. So the second thing that I have to say, my second tip here is to measure your sense of self-confidence or your sense of self-worth less in how you look and more in what you're able to do. Do you really want to continue going through your life hating the way that you look or engaging in these behaviors that make you feel so terrible or that they do nothing for your mindset? Do you really want to spend your one amazing opportunity in this life doing that? It doesn't make sense in my opinion, right? We are gifted this extraordinary experience where we can have different things that we do in our life. We can taste different foods. We can connect with other people. We can learn. We can read. We can write. We can, you know, even literally boil it down to your five senses. You can experience the world 
in so many different ways. But then we wrap ourselves up in, well, oh, I'm not good enough because I don't look like her, or I'm not good enough because I haven't dropped this 15 pounds yet, or I'm not good enough because I ate too much cake last night. It's kind of silly when we put it into perspective that we waste so much of our life wrapped up in how we look or how we used to look or a diet that we're trying to pour so much time and energy into that we kind of forget to zoom out and look from this big picture view and say, hey, how lucky am I that I get to experience this world in whatever way that I've experienced it? How lucky am I that I'm even here right now that I even have a body? How lucky am I that I get to live? So every time you're kind of thinking, oh, well, I used to look like this and I don't really like that I look like this anymore. Every time you get sucked back into that mentality, zoom out and just say, how lucky am I to be alive? And do I really want to spend my precious time hating myself? Is this worth my time to hate my body, to engage in behaviors that don't feel good? Because life is short, time is limited, and you get to choose how you spend a lot of it. So there's a little bit of food for thought for you. But to do this in a more practical way, whenever you're having these negative thoughts or whenever you're, you know, standing in front of a mirror and these things creep back in, I totally realize and recognize that it can be really hard in those moments to zoom out and feel really grateful, which is pretty much what I'm talking about here. And I think in a lot of ways, if that's been the behavior that you've been engaging in for a long time, you've been really negative at yourself when you look in the mirror or look at a picture, we can't just expect to wake up tomorrow after listening to this podcast and only say nice things, <laughs> right? It's Of course, it's the end goal to have that be the default. But if you've been engaging in those behaviors for so long, it's going to take a little bit of time to pull yourself out of that. But that one thing that I urge my clients, and even myself to do sometimes, is if you're looking in the mirror and you're having one of those days, Or if you're looking at your Facebook feed and it's literally right in front of you, what you used to look like versus what you look like now, and you start to get wrapped up in all those negative thoughts, I encourage you to really try neutrality and look more at who you are versus what you look like or what you weigh. So if you're really beating yourself up, bring yourself into the present moment. Remind yourself that this is the way your body is right now. Nothing you do in this moment is going to change that right now. This is your body. This is what it looks like right now. And you are okay. You are loved. Everything is going to be okay. And then look at the bigger picture of who you are. I'm a good friend. I'm a good dog mom. I'm a strong leader. I'm organized. I'm driven. I'm a good daughter. I'm a craft wizard. (laughs) Whatever it is, name some of these things off. Because a lot of the times we forget that we are so worthy and we forget that we are this whole person, regardless of what we weigh, regardless of what we look like. So the more we can start to remind ourselves of all those things that we do have, what we weigh in our abilities, what we weigh in our personality, what we weigh in our career, all these different things that exist totally independent of the number on the scale. And lastly, number three, and this is arguably my favorite because it's something that Once I've been working with a client for a few months, this is the conversation that we can start to have. And it's very, very fun to see what helps make that person come alive and what else they're capable of when they're not totally consumed by thoughts of restriction or thoughts of food or macro tracking or whatever negative behavior was for them. So that's number three is to ask yourself, what else makes me come alive, right? What else makes me really excited about life that has nothing to do with food or my weight? And I think a lot of the times when we are in a dieting mentality or saying we have to restrict XYZ, obviously we tell ourselves what we can't have. 
we're going to want more of that. If we're constantly telling ourselves that we have this laundry list of food that we can't have or rules that we have to follow or things that we have to look out for when we're eating out, right, then odds are you're going to be thinking a lot about those things very, very often. With my clients, I always kind of equate our mental energy to that pie chart. Just like all of us have 24 hours in a day, And all of us also have a certain amount of finite energy that we can dedicate to topics and creativity and events throughout the day, right? Obviously, things like food and movement and shelter and things like that, they're going to take up a piece of that energy puzzle. But what we don't want to happen is for things like food and exercise to take up more than they need to, right? To overstay their welcome and outgrow their own space in this energy puzzle. Because what happens then again, like I told you, you only have a finite amount of energy that you can fit in there in one day. And if things like movement or overexercising start to take up too much of your mental energy and your time, then other areas of your life are going to suffer. Your relationships are going to suffer. Your career is going to suffer. Everything is going to suffer if you put too much thought and effort into something so one-dimensional like food and how you look. So when you're asking yourself, what else makes me come alive? Start to even think back to childhood. You know, again, kind of like we talked about in the beginning of the episode, you were born naturally confident with the ability to moderate your own intake. You were also born being naturally drawn to certain things, certain activities, certain phenomena, right? So, you know, did you like cars? Did you love looking at the stars? Did you love going shopping? Did you love coloring? Did you love doing things with your hands, like making things like Legos? Whatever it is, start to look back, look into your past and ask yourself, what was I naturally drawn to as a kid? What did I love to do for me? And for me, I was a craft kid. I did girl guides. I loved all the crafts that we did. And the woman who looked after me and my sister after school always had crafts for us to do. And it was so fun to me. I just loved creating something, even if I wasn't always the best at it. Drawing, painting, building, pottery. It was just, it was so freaking fun. And since I stopped dieting and spending so much time on my food and my body, I have space for that again. I'm crocheting, I'm painting, I'm doing my nails because that feels like art. And it just truly lights me up to be so creative again. And I just didn't have time for that when I was so obsessed. When you can find whatever it is for you that's going to give you the mental space in order to take your mind off of other things and just truly enjoy something that exists independently of food or restrictive behaviors or tracking your macros or exercising, just ask yourself what makes you come alive. And then pour time, energy, and effort into that thing. Make it a conscious decision to engage in that behavior. And I'm not saying you have to spend like two hours knitting a scarf if knitting is your thing, or I'm not saying you have to spend an entire day watching car documentaries and reading car books and videos of of cars if that's your thing. All I'm saying is that when you start to recognize that food and exercise are taking up way too much space, way too much time than they need to in your life, try to take some energy away from those things and normalize some of these other more life-giving behaviors. And it's going to take some time, right? So hopefully you have the help of a professional or a friend who's maybe gone through the same thing. Start to take some energy away from these behaviors that are keeping you focused on food and give more energy into what else you'd like to do. And it's really cool to see this transformation over time because people start to say, like, I feel like I have so much energy to dedicate to other things, or I have so much more time in my day that's freed up because I'm not sitting there guilting over what I ate earlier or that snack that's there in the cupboard that I'm telling myself I can't have now and I just eat it so I can move on with my life. Or now that I'm not spending all my time tracking my food and weighing my food or logging all these things, 
I have so much more time and freedom and energy to do all these other things that I almost forgot existed because I was so wrapped up in the idea that my confidence was tied to the food that I ate or my worth was tied to what I weighed. So the moral of the story, what else makes you come alive and do that thing? So those are my three tips. And just to kind of recap them here, because I know that was a lot of information. Number one, don't compare your body, compare your mindset. What was it now versus back then? Second thing, measure your worth and your confidence less in how you look and more in your abilities. It's so amazing that you're even alive, right? So choose to spend your energy in ways that allow you to celebrate that, not self-loathe your way through life. And the third thing, ask yourself, what else makes you come alive? It doesn't have to do with dieting, food, weighing yourself, or over-exercising. That is all I have to say today. I hope this episode was helpful for you. You have a couple tangible takeaways to start applying to your own life. And I would absolutely love if you have any comments, questions, or thoughts about what I said today in this podcast. I would love to hear your takeaways. Feel free to send me that in a DM on Instagram. My username is at the food freedom life. And I would also be so eternally grateful if you could share this episode with a friend or a family member or a colleague, somebody who you think would benefit from hearing this message, because the only way this podcast is going to continue to grow and reach the people that it needs to reach is if you take this and you share it. So there are a couple ways that you can do that. You can screenshot this podcast platform wherever you're listening to it right now and share it on your social media channel, tagging me again at the food freedom life, or you can leave a comment, a rating and review. I would be so grateful if you could tap those five stars. If you even found one thing helpful in this episode, just leave me a review to tell me what you learned from this episode. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week. Bye.